0: All right, this is This Week in Web Development. I'm your host, Trevor Ty from OptionKey.ca. I have with me Michael Wilson. Mike, what's your website? Uh, This is Wilson.com. And I have with me uh, my very lovely co-host, Uh, Dalen Wood from NorthRepublic.com. Hey, Dalen.
1: How you doing, guys?
0: So, uh, this week's podcast is about, uh, professional relationships, uh, team building, client building. Uh, so, professional relationships, um, to, this is for more podcasts right now, this episode for people more or less starting out, uh, I've had a couple of projects where I've been burned. I've met some good people. That's some good work development on uh, some websites. Uh, Dalen and Will, uh, Mike, you guys have uh, done the same thing. Uh, what would be the best tips for someone just starting out looking to get uh, into the web development uh, area?
2: um well uh build your portfolio and you know people are always asking well how do you build a portfolio if you can't get clients and clients want to see portfolio before they hire you well you got to kind of get your name out there you know talk to your friends talk to uh your coworkers if if you're working a, a temp job or any of that stuff and you just you know sometimes you have to do stuff for free and even if uh you know that that kind of leaves you in the in the hole for a bit. It'll eventually pay off, you know, because you got to get your name out there, and that's the biggest thing is is just having all that stuff available to you. Um, uh, yeah, I would I would yeah. <laughs> I would
1: suggest um, a bit, the biggest thing to do I think is just get some work done, and like even if it's even if it's just your own stuff. Like I've done a lot of that where I've just come up with an idea for some sort of a web application or a website and I just said well I'm going to build this because it's something that I want to do and I'll, I'll spend a bunch of time putting it together and I've got like um, some of the sites that I've built that have gotten the most attention are just ones that I just built for myself they weren't built for clients so I mean you don't need clients to get started I mean obviously it helps if you got people that are willing to pay you to do some work that's great obviously but um, when you're first starting out that that's not always the case and I mean I remember when I first started out which was 10, ten years ago I or so I mean I did a lot of work for nothing just to get my foot in the door and I mean um, and I mean I wouldn't recommend doing that so much um, but what ha- what happened for me was I was able to get a whole bunch of websites built and I had a portfolio and I could go into when when I when I did get a chance to get in and get in front of people and sort of talk to them about working for them or whatever I had stuff to show and I mean recently like my my portfolio now, a good chunk of the stuff that's in there is from just my own projects like sort of side projects aren't really client projects.
0: Yeah, it helps to have a good idea of, uh, you know, something to do uh, if you volunteer for an organization or something like that or, uh, you know, doing uh, even a soccer or hockey team's website. Uh, It's a good way to get started. I don't generally recommend working for free. Uh, everyone's time is worth something. I have worked for free though, uh, like you, uh, Dalen. Yeah.
1: I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it anymore either. But I definitely did that when I started out, and I mean, I didn't have a problem doing it because I, I mean, I was I was into doing the work anyways. I was sort of I loved it, and I, that's what I was would be doing anyways. So I figured, well, I might as well get some get some uh some work in my portfolio and sort of hone some of my skills so I did a lot of that and but I mean I don't do I don't work for free anymore but when I was starting out I had no problem doing it
0: yeah I mean it's a completely different situation like if you're <coughs> excuse me <coughs> living at home that kind of thing you're just starting out but another thing too another thing too that I
1: really highly recommend and um, get involved in the sort of the web development community in whatever city you live in. Like I know Edmonton has like a crazy vibrant um, d- web development sort of startup community where there's all kinds of events going on like um, different tweet ups different sort of uh, like demo camp things like startup, Edmonton these um, these sort of uh, organizations and the things that they put on. I mean it, it's a great chance to get out and meet people. I know like, one of the best things that I did for my, at least recently for my career was um, I presented at one of the demo camps last year, and, and uh, it was just a, a project that I'd created myself and just something that I just sort of did and got finished, and I decided, okay, what the heck, I'm going to get up in front of a room full of people and show it to them. And I mean, just getting in front of people and showing the project and just people sort of recognizing or being able to sort of recognize who I was and then speaking with people afterwards. I mean, I can say that just doing that led to about three or four different really solid like working relationships with different either different companies or different people and uh those it opened tons of doors just doing that. So I mean, I mean, not everybody can go ahead and like build a big app and get up in front of a room full of people and talk about it. I mean, it's not easy to do, but I didn't just didn't think much about it. I said, "Well, I'm going to do this," and it paid huge dividends. Um, so I, in, I and I I I even recommend just if you're not going to get up and present these things, go to them, and then afterwards go to the go to the bar where everybody goes just to sort of unwind and and chat with people and meet some people. And you never know who you're going to meet. I think it's a small industry, and everybody sort of knows each other sort of. So it's like you meet one or two people, and it could lead to something.
0: Yeah. Um I've only been to a couple of them. Uh I've been really busy lately. Uh
1: Yeah, I know it's tough. I mean, even like me, I have two kids and a, and a wife and all that stuff going on and it's it's really hard to get out, but I mean, um every time I have gone, um I've I've it's been really great. So I mean, I I totally recommend try at least every once in a while try to get out to one of them because it makes a big difference, I think.
2: Yeah, you can at least call it part of your business time. I mean, cuz it's helping you grow your business even even as getting references um uh from those contacts or if you need to offload work, you can always give those people a call and they'll they'll return the favor. It's always nice to have those those kind of people that, you know, are willing to give you work uh and then are willing to take some work if you're if you're overloaded at times that'll still maintain those uh those relationships with those clients you have
1: yeah absolutely yeah it's all about like in this industry it's all about who you know and sort of relationships like that and I mean um, over time after you've worked at a few different places or you've worked with different people it's like you start to sort of get this web of of, um, of, of people that you can sort of call on and um, also too I mean like with my background teaching at Nate and being involved in the digital media program there for a long time I mean, I met literally hundreds of people every, like, over the course of that time that have, are now in the industry. And it's crazy how many relationships or, or, like, professional relationships just that sort of led to. So, really, it's about, like, just getting out, finding out what people are doing in the industry and just sort of trying to become a part of it, right?
0: I must have been going to all the wrong places then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I haven't been to that that many of them because it's tough. But, I mean, I've been to three or four of the demo camps, and they're always – the demo camp's the one that i that I really enjoyed. I'm, I'm hoping to get out to the next uh, – what do they call it? Startup Weekend or the Startup badminton event. I'm hoping to get to the, one of the next ones of those because those are really good. I've heard anyways. Yeah.
2: What about you, Mike?
1: Have you been to one of those, Mike?
2: I've been to a few of the demo camps. Uh, I've never been to any of the beer camps. Uh, and then, just you know a couple tweet ups and whatnot uh, nerds Night out is a monthly thing there's like ten people that go sometimes, so it's just kind of cool to see the same people see what they're doing. you know we talk about technology and nerd out with our iPhones and android phones you know it's it's kind of cool just uh just to see what other people are up to in the in the industry in edmonton and yeah. you know in your local locality
1: i think um, I'm a big advocate for not treating people in the industry as competitors rather but treat them as colleagues because, I mean, I've had so many occasions where I have guys who really, like, if you look at it, they're direct competitors to me. We're doing the same types of work. We're going after the same types of projects. But, I mean, rather than looking at it like that, like, I have a group of, of other developers that I call on if I need help with something and vice versa. So, I mean, a lot of the work I get comes from that, um, those relationships. Whereas that wouldn't happen if I was sort of closed off and just a, trying to trying to separate myself from, or or uh, tr- like trying to just maintain my own single single focus, right? Um, so I'm a big advocate for get to know the other developers and things like like what Mike mentioned, going like to the Nerds Night Out, that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, like if Mike needs help with something, he's got all these other people that he knows he knows what they do, he knows the type of work they do, he can call them, right? Which so I think is great.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's it's just nice to, you know, sometimes I need help with uh, a certain, you know, script or a uh, function that I'm looking to solve and no idea where to go. I can't find anything in documentation. So I just say, hey, can you help me out with this? And most of the time they can usually help me.
0: Yeah, it's... uh. Dropped you there, Dalen. <laughs> yeah,
2: um,
0: Yeah, it's a good thing to have a good list of people that you can call upon when you need something done. Uh, you know, like, uh, I do this podcast, I, you know, usually tweet a couple developers on there. I. Uh, it's hard to get people on here because a lot of people think they're not qualified enough to come on and just talk about it, but I mean, that's all you're doing. You're just talking about uh, the things you need to do, like build relationships and that kind of thing. Uh, I know for... Pardon? Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's an important thing. Uh, You know, you're going to encounter people, clients... And other developers who, you know, they're going to push you and tax you. And it does take a bit of experience to find out who those people are. And, uh, you know, learn the best way how to deal with them. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes you aren't going to deal with them again. Uh, For instance, I had a project where uh, the client... Uh said they did not want a content management system with their website, but they wanted a easy way to update a portfolio. So did a back end like with a
1: content management system?
0: Pardon me? You
1: mean like with a content management system? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, the thing where you log in and you are able to change things? They did not want that. Uh they were too worried about security. So Uh, did a little flash base, uh, XML portfolio for them. And, uh, it ended up that, uh, they came back and said, uh, no, they wanted the full content management system, you know, and it was completely not in their budget or anything like that. And this was, you know, about five years ago, content management systems weren't really widespread as they are now, uh. You know, a lot of custom programming and that kind of thing. So, I just told them, no, this is what you agreed upon. Uh, we had a very basic contract in writing, which is what saved my butt. Uh, so, that's what I generally recommend is, uh, you know, get the functionality down in writing. You know, and get it signed or email replied with a complete and utter yes or no answer. So... Uh, Uh, Dalen, you said you uh, have a base contract for that and yeah,
1: you know, like typically what I'll do is I have a, like a proposal sort of template that I use and I'll really what I, what I use it for is to define the deliverables. So like identify it really and really be specific about it. Like here is exactly what you're going to get for this amount of money. And this is exactly how much time it's going to take. Um, or this is how much time I think it's going to take, right? Um, and really, I think it does two things. It First of all, it forces you to not only think about specifically what needs to be done, but in some way, like, articulate that to your client and make them understand. Because a lot of times, people don't really understand what goes into this stuff. Whereas if they just say, well, I need a website and I want to be able to update it easily. Okay, well here's what that's going to take. And this is what needs to be built. And I think if they see it broken down and they can see how long each of these the different sort of steps take, it goes a long way to, to them understanding how much work you're putting in. Um, and I think a lot of it is just about managing the expectations. Like if a client comes to me and says, well, I'd really like it if I could do this or that. And I, I mean, if that's a huge amount of work, I don't beat around the bush. I just say, okay, well, we can do that, but here's what it's going to take. This is how long it's going to take, and this is what it's going to cost. Um, and I mean, it's it's important to just be clear about that stuff because I've done this. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. But there's been lots of times where I've gotten in way over my head and had to do a bunch of stuff that I didn't get paid for just because I wasn't clear about what what um, what was what the or the client and I didn't really discuss exactly what they wanted and um, and I didn't I didn't identify it. Um, before I got started, so I sort of felt obligated to finish the project because they weren't happy. And I mean, I think if you just manage that right off the right off the start, so you know exactly what they want, and and you identify it, and and then I, I mean that goes a long way to making sure everybody's everybody's happy.
2: Yeah, I find uh, you know it's it's impossible for for anyone outside of our industry to really understand what goes into making a website, just as I don't understand what goes into uh, fully building a home or. Something like that. Um, So you kind of got to be the expert and you kind of got to lay it out for them. Just say, you know, you can't tell them exactly what you do because, you know, they have to go to school to learn everything that we do. (laughs) Um, But you got to lay out what you do um, just so that they can understand how it's done uh, in very basic terms, just so that they have a grasp of where their money is going and and what they're going to get from their money. Um, I, I have a very basic contract, you know sometimes, I'm looking at one right now it's about three pages, one page to outline what they're going to get how much it's going to cost, you know, a little description um, any relevant uh, items like, you know, how many revisions they're going to get for uh, a design and uh, um, what kind of SEO optimization they can get uh, You know, in terms of for being Yahoo, whatever, um, and then the rest of it's just kind of just to cover my ass, to cover their their butts, and uh, just to make everything work for everyone. You know, you know, you kind of gotta protect both yourself and the client in your in your contracts. You know, just say, you know, if you don't get me this required material by this time, then you know you you can get you can get in trouble. And if if I don't finish this website by this time, I can get in trouble. You know. You also got to include those exceptions when you know something explodes or or they they add on and an extra piece of functionality It seems to be the thing they always want to add on yeah, I saw a gallery
1: I mean yeah, that happens to me all the time where oh, can you just add this? can you just add that and i'm I've gone to the point now where I'm just well, sure, no problem. I can do that, but here's what it's going to cost, right because I mean you can just um i mean you 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 could end up working for free, right, and if you're running a business like myself who this is how I make my living i I can't spend all day working for free i I need to be uh working on stuff that's being billed out or else or else I'm not getting paid right so i mean i i just i just have a i just have like a hard line on that where it's like okay well, if it's not in the scope um and it hasn't been like specifically identified as being something that I'm gonna do. Um, then we need to talk about that. That needs to be added to the scope and the budget needs to be revised, right? Or the timeline needs to be
2: revised. And do you get that in writing or are you okay with taking that kind of information over the phone?
1: You know what? It depends on the client. Um, If it's someone I've never worked with before, then yeah, it's always done in writing. Um, But I mean, I have clients that
2: are... Like I
1: do a lot of work for... Recurring clients? Yeah, well, I do a lot of work for like web companies who... Subcontract stuff to me, so these right. are people that understand the industry. They know what's going on. So, and I've worked with them on uh, like five or six or ten or whatever projects. So, I mean, I, I I know they're not gonna screw me over, and I know they know I'm not gonna screw them over. So, so that's all just done by here. Can you do this? Can you do that? And it's just a negotiation, right? Um, but if it's if it's a say a, a company um, that I'm building a website for and it's the first time I've worked with them and whatever, then yeah, I'll, I'm always explicit about, um, about getting everything in writing and making sure that it's, that it's really clear.
0: Yeah. But I... It's not
1: always easy to, to do that. Either. Like I've also found too, that sometimes when you've got a project and there's a timeline, letting things like a contract going back and forth 20 or 30 times can really <laughs> get in the way of the project. Yeah. Um, especially when there's a committee involved, like if you've ever done work for an organization that has something like, you know, I like guess a, a steering committee or some sort of committee that is in control of making the decisions. And I mean, it's a nightmare. Um, but you throw a contract into that mix and that just, I mean, forget about it, right. You have to spend <laughs> the, the spend two months just talking about the project before you even, even start, right. Which isn't obviously good for anybody, but so it's tough. I don't know.
0: Well, I generally, uh, say always get uh you know when it comes right down to it it's a yes or no answer right so th- cuz they're either going to pay for it or they're not right and no nobody wants to work for free uh you know everybody's time is worth something and you know uh so i i usually say so long as an email trail where there's a clear yes or no that's typically fine yeah yeah
2: i'm definitely in the camp where i i I just need it to say it somewhere and you know i actually prefer client contact via email assuming that they're they're good with email you know they can get back to me within a couple days um just because phone calls you know you can't you can't log that kind of stuff you know and you can't go back and just say okay well you know, we talked about this and I have this email and I'll show it to you, you know, this is what we talked about, this is this is what you're getting and you're saying otherwise, but I have it right here like, you know, the phone calls yeah. kind of are a little iffy with me and meetings are okay, you know, just as long as you both write it down, but yeah just, paper trails you know, those are important to me I think
1: Yeah, I'm the same way, in fact, this happened to me like yesterday where i I. Talked with the client on the phone, we discussed what we were going to do, and we were both happy and everything was good. But I made sure that I followed up right after with an email and said, just to recap, here's what we talked about. Boom, 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 this is what I'm going to do. And just let me know if this is if we're both on the same page. And, and yeah, he got back to me and said, yep, that sounds good. And we're going to do you it know, when we both have a reference, right? We both have something that we can look at and go, okay, this is what I'm going to get. And I know what I have to what I have to do, right? So it makes a big difference.
2: Yeah, both for you and them in that case. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I
1: also use like a, I use Basecamp as um like my whatever you call it my project management sort of software. Um, and I've been using it for a few years, and I find it valuable. Like I have projects that I'm working on. I don't use it for every project, but anything that's big. Um that's gonna take me more than two one or two weeks to sort of do. I, I do it in that especially if I have a client that's even a little bit sort of savvy. Like I'm working on a a big project right now with and the client is great, he he understands the web, he knows what knows what he's talking about and everything's done through Basecamp. And what's great about that is that then there's a central place where all the communication is. So I don't have to go back and search through emails and I'm not like looking, oh, crap, where I, I know he said this, but I can't find the email or whatever, or where I lose track of stuff. Like he sends an email and I, I look at it at 11 o'clock at night because I, I work at night sometimes too, and, and then I forget about it, right? Whereas if it's in Basecamp, it's like everything's there. It's, it's in one place. Um, it's like Mike mentioned, like a paper trail. It's all there right in front of you. Um, and it works with email so clients like it cuz they like email so and and it works that way like you get emails but it just it it sort of consolidates everything into one sort of location which i find really really helpful
0: no that sounds like a good piece of software um i use a program called mac freelance myself uh does uh time billing and all that kind of stuff so uh and I generally yeah. use uh Thunderbird with uh the lightning plugin for the email management. Uh any new project I start a new folder and that kind of thing. That way then I always have access to email, which sounds like uh that Basecamp does. It's a uh, web based, Dalen?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's web it's great. It's web based basically um so I create a new project and um what I can do is I can add people to it. So if I have a subcontractor I'm working with or a client or a number of clients, I can add them and they can all see everything within the project. Um, and uh, so you can post messages, which is basically like a, like email sort of, and you can, if I post a message, they can comment to it and it shows the sort of the full stream. You can have um, to do lists, which is really handy, especially if you're creating web applications with where um, like for somebody else. And then when you're dealing with like functionality and like bug tracking and like debugging stuff, like trying to go through emails to figure out what's wrong is just a nightmare. Whereas if there's a is it, there's a list where literally when I see something that needs to be fixed and I fix it, I can check it off the list and I can see what's been done. Um, like I had a project recently that I worked on, the medicalemployers.com, which is a huge, huge application. And it's a, um, a job board for the medical industry. And um, the client and myself use Basecamp like – for everything and literally I had a to-do list with like 600 items on it by the by, the time we were done um, <laughs> and it was just really clear like when you look back at it it's like holy cow look at all the stuff that we did but but it was great because it's like if something comes up and the client notices a glitch or this has to change or they want to see that or this they just add it there and when I'm done I can add comments to it or um, and we can go back and forth and then when it's when it's all when it's off when it's everything's fixed we just check it off the list and move on to the next thing Works great.
0: Sounds like uh the open source project dot project, which is also a uh web based uh content well, project management system. Looks
1: Yeah, like- I'm pretty sure that dot project is probably at least inspired by Basecamp. Like Basecamp's been around for quite a while and um it's uh um it's kind of the um, standard the sort of the standard, yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of them, like, um, oh, what's the other one? that used to be open source, and then they, they closed sourced it, and they started selling it. Um, I can't remember now. Anyways, uh, but, yeah, a lot of them do sort of similar stuff to what um, Basecamp does. And, in fact, I installed Dot Project on my own server and tried using it, and I just found it wasn't quite what I was looking for. So I went back, uh, and I paid for Basecamp. Like, it cost me, I mean, I have the basic plan. I think I paid 20 bucks a month or something, but it's well worth the 20 bucks a month for sure.
0: And on that note, um, okay, so let's, this is the situation, gentlemen. How do you deal with this? You have a client, you have your paper trail, you have the contract. Um, and then they say, no, this isn't what I agreed to. If you want the rest of your money, you're going to have to do this and this to the website. How do you proceed with that? It's, say that uh, the changes are from a uh, upload uh, password-protected uh, gallery where they can upload pictures and clients can download them. And another... Uh, piece of functionality that they're changing is a back-end login for their staff to make changes to the website. And those are stuff that they hypothetically wanted? At, uh, as addition to what you have laid out? This is an addition. right? You're nearing completion of the contract. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh... And they're not.
1: It's a tough one. It almost seems like you're dealing with someone who clearly has issues. <laughs> because I mean, control if, issues. If there's a contract, well, if there's a contract and it's laid out, I mean, how 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 are they even having that discussion? It's like, well, no, this is what I'm doing. And I mean, I don't know. I. It seems really clear to me that it's either either like if if it's laid out. And you both agreed to it, and either you did that for them or you didn't. And if you did it, then and they're not and they're still not willing to pay you, then that's obviously not, not good. (laughs) But I don't know how you deal with that. I mean, honestly, I've never really had an issue um, with clients not paying. Um, I shouldn't say that. I have, but um, but it's been a while. And I mean, usually I think I think it. I mean, a lot of it has to do with like I hate to say this but picking the right clients like I, I've i gotten pretty good at sort of telling whether or not someone is going to be hard to work with or not and I mean you can't always do that but um, at least for me I mean I've said no to lots of projects because I just know it's going to be a nightmare um, and I've also taken on lots of projects where halfway through it I'm just dying because it's like terrible right and it's not the kind of work I want to do and it's not and it's not the client's not good to work with or whatever um, I try. I've I've gotten better at minimizing that. I think it just takes time and experience. You just get used to sort of. Um, you just get a better gauge of how people are. But I don't know. It's tough.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a clause in my contract that either the the uh, the the web developer or the client can can actually just void that contract with cause. Um, and I think that uh, I actually had a lawyer go over that and he did say that, you know, it's it will stand up in court if, if something did so happen. So if there was a point where my client uh, so decided to withhold money um, and say, you know, you're not going to get paid unless you add this functionality that wasn't laid out in the contract, I can just say, well, no, we have this contract. You know, this is what it says this is what you're going to get and you yeah. know, we can we can end this now if you want um you can pay me what you owe me and uh, you'll get all the source files and the work i've done so far cuz that does belong to you but you're not getting it without uh without reciprocation um so yeah it
1: doesn't it doesn't belong to them until they pay you for it right i mean
2: exactly yeah yeah so i mean yeah, at I'm that I'm point actually, you know the, uh, kind of got to just get out of that when you can. And, (laughs) you know, if if they bring that up once, you know, they're probably going to do it again. So get out when you can, get your, uh, you know, kind of sounds bad, but you got to take the money and run.
1: Yeah. Also too, I think making sure that you don't put yourself in a situation where um, you can be taken advantage of. Like I typically put everything on my own web server um, while I'm developing, like, like I'll develop stuff locally and then push it to my own server. I don't usually put it on a client server until until things are sort of good to go. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that I always do, like I always do it, unless it's a client that I've worked with thousands of times, is I always get a deposit. Um, and it's at least 25%. And what that does is, well, two things. When you work for yourself. It keeps like money coming in. Like you need... It's, it, if you're working on projects that take two or three months and you're not getting paid until the end of it, you're gonna mm-hmm. starve to death, right? Mm-hmm. So I always get a deposit. And then the second thing it does is right away, if if a client gives you grief about a deposit, run, mm-hmm. like just turn around and leave because
2: <laughs> anyone not who's willing not willing to, give you to money it, front, yeah,
1: exactly. Like if they're not willing to to give you a deposit to get started, then they're not. Then you shouldn't be working for them because uh, it's it's it's. Um, it, it should be kind of expected right and I mean if you're going to spend a month working on something um it it's not unreasonable to expect um to have to pay a, a chunk of that up front right?
0: yeah 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 I completely agree um always get a deposit at least 25% I usually ask for a third of the project up front uh right the projects I work on uh I'm working on a big one. The client's been really, really good about it and I'm happy to work with them. Um, but most of them are just small little websites. Uh you know, I give them a the content management system and all that because I can do that very easily now. Uh but uh you know, I always ask for at least a third up front. Right? And if they're not willing mm-hmm. to pay that, then they're not serious about the project. Either that yeah, or they're just trying to get something for free. For sure. So, and a lot, during my experience, uh, at least here, a lot of the companies I've had to deal with here are always trying to get something for free. That's just yeah. been my experience. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to get the most out of their money,
2: even if it's not their money. Um, you know, a lot of these people are just pr- trying to, run their business and trying to scam you out of your money but they forget that you are your own business as well and you know you you have to take on money for your your family and kids at the same time that they do
1: yeah
2: I've actually been super lucky with uh, the few clients that I've had um, since I got out of school and it's just you know they're awesome like great they pay on time they're they always want to come back to me for more work and it's just awesome like it's you know searching for new clients is a hassle when and when you got the your past ones that you know you know you work well with them they're they're prompt they you know they pay on time and they they know when to expect things it's just it's a dream
1: (laughs) yeah yeah you know what i found too is um a lot of my best clients come from other really good clients. Um, so like I found that, um, cause I don't really do any sort of promotional stuff. I don't ever go out and, and look for work. I mean, I've, I've responded to the odd RFP, but I don't typically do that. Um, that's a whole other discussion though. <laughs> um, but like I will, uh, I just always make sure that when I'm working on something, I I do as good a job as I possibly can, and it's it's amazing though know, how that just inevitably leads to more work. Like if you impress somebody, um, especially if you've got sort of clients that are larger organizations or whatever, it it always sort of spins into something else. Like and I mean, a lot of my clients are are either repeat clients or referrals from other good clients, right? And that's just typically how it works. I also get a lot of clients from other or a lot of projects, a lot of work from other web developers. And it, that just has to do with like what we were talking about before, just maintaining these relationships. Like um, if I have work that comes in and I need help, I have people that I can go to and they do the same for me. Right. So um, it's sort of this reciprocal thing. And it, I think that um, works. You have to be open to that because I've gotten a lot of work that way. And I mean, that's kind of the best way to do it. Right. When you're dealing with people that you trust, and good clients, and they sort of tend to send other good clients your way. It's just, I mean, it's pretty rare now when I come across someone or a project comes in that I don't really want to work on because it's they just the generally the places they come from. They tend to be sort of good good clients, which I guess I'm I'm lucky. But I've also been doing this for a while, so I mean, it wasn't always like that.
0: Yeah, I've had uh, people where I picked that were bad clients, but I've uh, gotten a lot better at recognizing the bad clients. Uh, the deposit thing's a good reason for that. Uh, that's a good gauge. Um, but on that note, um, we're getting close to our time limit here, so we need to wrap things up. Just a couple questions for you guys before we do. Um, development platform and languages. Uh, which would you say if someone... Is starting out. What should they learn and why?
1: <laughs> oh, you don't want to open up this can kind of worms, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, well, you know I'm what? Still...
1: That's a uh, that's a tough one. I
2: don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm still I'm still going with what I was taught in school, which is PHP, and uh, kind of uh, adapted that, and then started using Drupal. And you know, I'm mostly I'm making just the CMS websites and just doing that stuff. You know, it's super simple you know you can create your own plugins pretty quickly um i'm not totally into the whole custom development stuff uh because you know that's not really my forte but uh it's just you know quick turnarounds clients are happy with what they get you know you have all this pre-made functionality for you it's it's pretty great as far as php goes you know i know it's not the best thing to be using but uh you know it's what i learned and it's what i understand the best and you know, sometimes it can be too costly to invest your time in learning a new language.
1: Yeah, one thing that I'd say about that is, like, from a client's perspective, there really is no difference between what ASP can do, what PHP can do, what Ruby on Rails can do. I mean, the end result is going to be, trend- like, the, the the client's not going to know the difference, right? Um, there's nothing that ASP can do that PHP can't, and vice versa. What, what it comes down to is the preference of the developer, right? Like, um, I know people who swear by Ruby on Rails because it just makes things so easy for them. Um, and they just love writing Ruby because or whatever, right? Um, and I know people who say the same thing about ASP because they just love it or whatever. Like, typically, like, I'm a PHP developer. That's what I do just because that's what I've always done. And I've never come across... A situation where there was something a client needed that I couldn't do effectively with PHP. So I don't. I think it's just personal preference. Like honestly, I don't think there's. I mean, and then there's different industries. Like I know a lot of guys um, who write, say, like ASP or they're doing C Sharp apps or stuff like that or .Net stuff. Um, There's sort of a a a target market for that stuff. Like there's a lot of sort of. like higher-end sort of business or companies using that sort of those sorts of platforms um but i mean i think honestly i think it's just about personal preference and i know people that hate php um but i mean it's always it's always served me well and i think i mean there's nothing that i that if someone came to me and said this is what i need built i know that i can do that with php and i don't really have to worry too much about that right so I don't know.
2: Yeah, pretty much, like Dalen said, is it's it depends what you're going to do, you know, freelancing, you know, kind of doesn't really matter. It's whatever you can set up on your environment, on your computer, and whatever your your workflow may be. You know, and the best way to do that, just go online, read some documentation, you know, make a Hello World app, you know, just kind of, you got to ex- experiment with that kind of stuff. Uh, as far as other stuff, you know, I work for a company that does ASP.NET and C Sharp development, so... You know, I kind of have to mix both of my worlds, but uh, you know, I know a lot of bigger companies do do ASP, um, but you know, there are also bigger companies like uh, 37 Signals. You know, that's those are the guys that made uh, Basecamp, which Dalen was talking about earlier, and uh, you know, they have I think like 17 employees or something, but they they're Ruby on Rails and they invented Ruby on Rails. Um, you know, it just kind of depends. You know what you're comfortable with, so you just got to kind of try things out.
1: One thing that I'll say, like a huge benefit to PHP, is that the barrier to entry is really low. Like, it's a fairly easy language to learn, and it's basically like it's pretty much ubiquitous. Like, it you'd be really it'd be really hard to find a, a hosting company that doesn't support PHP out of the box. Like, it's just sort of standard. It's free. It's open source. Like, you can download and compile and set up PHP MySQL on any machine, regardless of operating system. In fact, like on OS Ten, it comes pre-installed. Like it's there when you boot up your computer. So, I mean, it's really easy to get started with that sort of stuff. And um, I don't know, I don't, I can't speak to ASP.NET or C Sharp, whatever to that. Like I know that there's licensing issues involved because it's um, with the .NET stuff. So, so I don't think it's as easy to get into that but i could be wrong i don't know that much about it but i also know like from and i think it's gotten a lot better but there are some issues with deployment when you're dealing with ruby on rails like um it works great if you're in complete control of the server but the minute you're not it you can kind of you can kind of take a left turn but um but i haven't done any ruby on rails development so i can't really speak too much to that
0: yeah um I've done, uh, little bits here and there, uh, a lot of, uh, I stopped kind of learning ASP after, uh, three there, uh, mostly I did, uh, PHP, a little bit of Pearl CGI, uh, I was big into Python for a little bit, but, uh, not a lot of servers really, uh, adopted that when I, uh, had first started in that, so, uh, that's gone a little bit by the wayside side, and I know, uh. I believe Rails uh, syntax is largely based on uh, Python there, so uh, I was looking at getting into a little bit of Rails, because Python was a lot of fun to do, Uh, but no, I think you guys made some really good points, and uh, I think that'll do it for this uh, podcast, so Dalen from NorthRepublic.com, be sure to check out his site send him some work. He's, I heard he's a good guy to work with, so and also uh Michael Wilson from this is com, and send some work his way. And of course, if you want, you can send some work my way. <laughs> but I I got a lot on my plate right now, so I can do without for a little bit here. So
2: yeah, I was
1: going to say don't send any work my way until January, please.
0: <laughs> All right, send it to me, boys. <laughs> all right, we'll forge you some work here. <laughs> Mike, you can let us know. Uh just so you know, there is a ten percent finders fee for both Dalen and I. Ten <laughs> <Yeah>. percent. Just kidding. <laughs> That's this week in web development. Thank you all for joining us. And uh Thanks guys. Thank you. All right.